for the benefit of those with flash photography. Welcome to DreamWork. Do I really, every week I gotta introduce myself? I'm gonna do it anyways. I'm Colin Delaney. In a moment, I will be joined by my tag team partner. His name is Cheech. We are to infinity and beyond. And this is a podcast where a tag team talks about tag teams. And this week we are discussing Kawada and Tawe, the Holy Demon Army. Uh, For those of you not familiar... Uh, go get familiar before you listen to this or while you listen to this. Either way, I, I don't I don't really care. If you're not uh, totally familiar, uh, I feel bad for you if you're a wrestling fan and you are unfamiliar with this team. But maybe you're just unfamiliar with Japanese wrestling. And that's fine. And maybe this uh, podcast can lead you to a jumping off point. And if uh, your jumping off point for Japanese wrestling is the Holy Demon Army... Uh, God bless you. You 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 live a good life, and I'm I'm happy to be the one who is giving this gift to you. But uh, I'll keep it short. We went a little long this week. Technical difficulties. I like Frankenstein some things together. I'm uh, I'm getting decent at this. I think I, I don't know. Who knows? Either way, let's let's just let's let's do it. It's it's Toshiaki Kawada, and. Akira Tawe, they are the Holy Demon Army. Let's go. Yeah. What's up, buddy? Nothing, man. We're, uh, uh, full disclosure, we're recording this about an hour and a half later than normal, which means I've had an hour and a half longer to drink. Okay. And then that really means I worked an hour, well, two hours longer at work. Sorry. <laughs> but what I'm saying is uh, you've given me an extra hour and change to drink, and you're expecting me to pronounce Japanese names. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so <laughs> <laughs> We We run into this problem, uh, I think, every time that we do uh, a Japanese team, and I feel like it makes it seem like – I don't know who these people are or I've never watched them, but that couldn't be farther from the case. No, no. And and here's the thing. It, it also is a weird dichotomy because I was, uh, I was super uber like anal about trying to learn everyone's name and how to pronounce it right. And that the last name goes before the first name and all that stuff. Like I'm sure, or I won't, I won't say, okay, no, no, I'll say this. I'm sure plenty of people screw up Akira Tawe's, last name yeah so i for the most part my entire life like uh i was going off of my own ideas of how to pronounce most of these names so uh most of them i I don't know like yeah i didn't pay attention to the ring introductions or the commentary necessarily to try and figure out how their names were pronounced. I just kind of always just came up with what I figured they were. And I just rolled from there. 
See, I as you're talking about it, I realize one of the reasons I was so peculiar about finding the names was because of those damn video games when we were kids because they'd have all they definitely had Misawa, Kobashi, Akiyama, like all those guys, the guys we got Kawada, Tawe were characters in those WCW games, but they were under different names. So then I had to look them up. And then when I looked them up, I had to look them up and see them wrestle. And then I had to hear how their names were pronounced. So yeah, yeah. Blame a lot of this on WCW versus the world. Yeah. So uh, agreed. I also had WCW versus the world. Uh, Dick Togo was uh, Pukateka, right? <laughs> um, I my message board screen names Bolt Jameson after Kensuke Sasaki's name in WCW vs. the World. Nice. Uh, ter- was it uh, Tarzan Goto? Was he Powder Keg? I believe so. You know what's funny? <laughs> I realized this the other day. I did not know about Bruiser Brody till that game. Like, I mean, I wow. heard the name. But once I played as him, because he was like a super hard character to unlock, I was like, oh, I got to learn about this guy. And I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, like the first thing, because he was one of the hardest guys to unlock. So I was like, who is this guy? All right. And let's let's lead that into who we're talking about. I, I do an intro, but I feel like we should also say the name of the team instead of just rambling on. But we are discussing the Holy Demon Army. I was going to say, you got to get it in there because they have the coolest name ever, especially for like a Japanese team. Like sometimes they get a little weird in translation. That one couldn't be better. Yes. So uh, uh, Akira Tawe, right? Yep. And uh, Toshiaki Kawada? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, one, his one's pretty easy. His, his is pretty, uh, yeah, yeah. Phonetic? Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. If they're not phonetic, like Tawe, I, I probably learned that it was Tawe uh, within the last like five years. Yeah. No, no. Like I said, I remember I would like rewind and be like, wait, how'd they say it? Yeah. I think, I think I always said it was uh, Tayu. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm, it's been butchered by millions of people. Was my, was my, my permanent guess. But yes, the Holy Demon Army. And this is like, let's get into some preliminary thoughts. This is a Cheech uh, choice. You damn right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I kept thinking to myself, I go, it says something that Colin picked the New Age Outlaws and I picked the Holy Demon Army. There's something there. I, I have my, The team that I was going to suggest is along the same lines, but not quite as uh, as as serious but i was like oh yeah that's that works that works for me yeah it was one of those things where i I was trying to think of teams and then i was just like i was like okay they're super prolific they've got a million five star six star matches or whatever i go i've seen their stuff before like on tapes and things like that and i go and i know a lot of that stuff's on youtube so i did a little preliminary look and i go oh yeah there's enough here if not like for example, we couldn't get the same amount of matches because these matches were way longer. Yes. So, yeah, I figured being able to find, like, 10 to 12 matches, boom, we're good. And I looked, and I was like, oh, yeah, there's definitely more than that. You just could. It does take some looking, and a lot of people have, like, the same classic match, so it could get – like, how many times were you like, oh, wait, I already saw this Kobashi Misawa match? Yeah, a, a bunch. Uh, I watched that match, and then I wasn't going to dig into the hour one that was on there. That was that was where my threshold was. Yeah, no, no. If I wasn't so busy, it was on the docket, but I never got to the hour one. Because I was like, okay, I could watch the hour one, or I could fit in like three 20-minute ones. 
Exactly. That I was the same way. I was like, I got to try and get in some uh, uh, a little bit of quantity. I mean, I know we want quality as well, but when we're doing something like this, I got to get some quantity in because maybe they work great with, you know, like I'm sure that I know for a fact they work great with Kobashi and Masawa. So uh, I, I need a broader spectrum of opponent. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. We knew we were going to get quality just based on freaking half the matches were all four pillars in there at the same time. Yeah, so my uh, my preliminary thoughts were uh, exactly when I mean when I first really started getting deep into wrestling and started enjoying Japanese wrestling. Of course, like most people, uh, '90s All Japan became a thing that I discovered and became obsessed with. So, and I I, I honestly haven't uh, usually at least once a year I get into a a, a a place where I'm just like, Oh, I'm just going to watch nineties all Japan for like a week straight. And I haven't done it in a hot minute. So I was excited. Yeah. I was uh, especially to get into some Kawada Masawa. Cause that's like the pairing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's the most famous one. I think. Yeah. This was the most, yeah. The most heated of all the permutations. <laughs> right. For sure. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's talk about their championships and accomplishments. Bring it on. Bring it on. So they are a record-holding six-time All Japan Pro Wrestling Tag Champs. Okay, I was wondering what the number was going to be. I wanted to look, but then I said, let me hold off. Let me hear a six. Wow, that's, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, uh, they were <laughs> not in the exact same way as the Outlaws, but sometimes when I was watching the, the matches, I'd be like, oh, this one was for a title, and they won it. Wow, <laughs> I didn't even know. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> Because, you know, there's not all, like, the entrances and stuff. Uh, I feel like in some of these matches, even if they were champs, they didn't come out with belts or nothing. But then all of a sudden the match ends and it's like new champs. And you're like, oh, all right. Yeah, exactly. It was enjoyable. (laughs) Uh, They won the 1996 and 1997 World's Strongest Tag Determination League. Yep, yep. Uh they were the 1997 Tokyo Sports Tag Team of the Year. Okay, yeah, 97, they was hot, so okay. And they won the Tokyo Sports Match of the Year in 1995 against Masawa and Kobashi. Okay, yep, that, I, I believe it. <laughs> they are number eight on the PWI Top 100 Tag Teams of All Time. Yep, I totally, and rightfully so. And as a team, they had... 10 Dave Meltzer five-star matches. Right? Ain't that crazy? Like, I tried to think about, okay, we are talking about the accomplishments. So, like, bar none, this is the highest-rated team we've ever done by, like, a mile. Oh, for sure. Because uh, I think I read it. I, I read that Kawada himself has, like, 21. Oh, my goodness. And That's I- amazing. I think Tawe has 16. There was so they have 10 with them on the same team. They have 3 or 4 where they're on opposite teams yep. and then they've both got some uh, singles sprinkled in. Yeah, oh, oh man. See, now one thing I kind of noticed as we were going like I have seen all the classics and I've seen a lot of these, but I had seen a lot of the classic singles. So you know what I mean? Like I know where they got their other five-star matches from. It was great to see their tag five-star matches. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Because like I was saying, I, I usually dig into some nineties, all Japan, you know, 
at least once a year. But usually I'm going at the Masawa Kawada, the Kawada Kobashis, the, you know, the single stuff. But I don't really think to get into the tag. Yeah, and sometimes it's just daunting because you'll see a match file that says 48 minutes, which is kind of fun when you're doing a deep dive like we are because just because it's 48 doesn't mean it's a 48-minute match. It could be like a 20-minute match. They just have 18 minutes of pageantry, you know what I mean? So you kind of don't know. Oh, man, I clicked on a match yesterday, and I was like, oh, the clip's only 36 minutes, so it's probably like a 20-minute match. I click on the clip right when it starts, ding, ding, ding. I was like, oof, well, 36-minute match it is. Yeah, yeah, some of those were like, yeah, they were de- they definitely put in time. <laughs> so, uh, matches watched. So, uh, I always try to go in order, but this was I I tried to start early and end late. That's the best I could best I could come up with here. Yeah, I went more just like uh, picking what like caught my eye, and then yeah. was like, okay, then like I made sure to get in the the Noah match because I was like, okay, we got to see what they did in two thousand nine, and I was surprised. I didn't think they went as long, but there were matches like in 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, I don't think I d- got anything from 2000. No, I, I, I was trying to write dates, but some of these clips don't even have dates. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not digging for these dates. Oh, here, wait, actually, here. Let's, while we're talking about it, one of my, uh, I'll cheat, one of my resources that I used, and I actually have it here. Um, I was trying to like, okay, how am I going to be able to like uh, sort out the matches with dates and which ones are the most important, et cetera, et cetera. I found a high spots, six DVD collection of the Holy Demon Army, Ar- Holy Demon Army matches. That's a wow. Cool. And like, yeah, it just told me everything and all. It was just literally, literally, it's just covered in snowflakes. <laughs> like, like <laughs> this too, I think is, oh no, no, there's, it's five star, five star, four star, five star. Uh, so do you want to run down your list first? How many do you think you got in? I think I got in 11 or 12. I got in nine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let me rattle them off first. So that way you could learn some names if you were a little off. Uh, the first one was a Kobashi and Masawa from uh, this was the one in 93, which was five stars. Uh, then a, a Kobashi Akiyama. Okay, these were all in all Japan. Like, I usually write down what, what promotion they're in, but these were all in all Japan except for the one Noah one, which I'll get to. Um, the next one I watched was a Kobashi Akiyama from 96, which was four and a half stars. Then a Takiyama Kakihara match, which I had seen because I'm a big fan of Kakihara and I wanted to see him and Kawada mix it up, which they definitely do. Um, then uh, the Hayabusa and Shinzaki from 97. The Baba and Hansen, which blew my socks off in 94. Um, Johnny Ace and Dr. Death in 97. That one's four stars. Um, a Masawa Kobashi from 94, which five stars. Um, a one versus Masawa and Akiyama in 97, which was their last five-star match. I wrote that down. Like, oh, this is their last one. Then there was a Kobashi Masawa from 95, which you, okay, that would be the one that got matched of the year. That was five stars. Then there was an Akiyama Kenta. That was the one from Noah. And then I watched a Williams and Gordy because I wanted to see them mix them up with the Americans in 93. And then I watched uh, Takiyama Albright from 97. Okay. We, uh, we went, uh, we got, we got, we hit some of the same notes. I mean, we inevitably were going to, um, <clears throat> 
So I started with the Doc and Gordy match, the Dr. Death and Terry Gordy one, which is their first uh, All Japan title win. Yep, yep. From 93. I started there, and then I went to the Masawa Kobashi from 93, five stars. Then I went to them against Dr. Death and the Big Boss Man. Oh, I didn't even see that. Followed by them against Stan Hansen and the Berserker John Nord. <laughs> wow, you found some some deep cuts. Uh, so I'll be honest. So I, I I I had to stop myself from continuing to watch that match with them against two big Americans. I was like obsessed with it. I was like, I have to do it. These matches look so fun. But then I was like, no. I know they have better matches. It's true. It's so, true. They did have better matches with the with the Japanese. <laughs> oh, Hans, the Hanson and Nord one's rough. But anyways, then I went to the uh, Jinzei Shinzaki Hayabusa one from 97. Uh, then I watched them against Furnace and Crawford because I am a huge Furnace and Crawford guy. Yeah, you are. Uh, I watched the Kobashi Akiyama one from, what was it, 94, I think. Uh, I watched them against Masawa Akiyama from 96. And then I watched Kenta and Akiyama from 2009. So I had to make sure I got in a Masawa Kobashi, uh, Masawa Akiyama, and a Kobashi Akiyama. I had to get one of each of the combo. And then, of course, the 09 Kenta Akiyama match as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did the same thing. I was like, all right, I got to make sure I get all the different combos. And then, all right, I'll make sure to hit the, you know, all the five star ones. Or I, that's the thing. I didn't hit all. I didn't hit all of them. There's too no, many. No, it's it's impossible. Some of them were six mans. Also, the like the ten that I I I said that they had, they weren't all just straight tags, but they were. That's the ones where they're on the same side of it. Yeah, I also th- I think there's an eight man too, where it's like jumbo versus super generation. That's a, that one's I think's a five snowflaker. So in addition, I, I also watched that the seven minute long music video that you told me I should probably start with. Ah, yes, because uh, uh, I'm a super duper mark for MV Zone, and that Hans Meyer guy makes the best videos. I saw it a couple months ago, and that's why when we were trying to think, I think I had saw it pop up somewhere, and I was like, oh, yeah, because that was the first time I ever saw them like explain the, the whole thing, because I knew they had a rivalry, but I had never really seen it. Yeah, uh, agreed. Um, and... <sighs> In Japan, all that stuff is very confusing because they run a lot of shows and they do a lot of things. And, you know, definitely, especially back in that time, storyline wise, I think for us to go back and and try to follow it is pretty difficult. So that music video is super helpful. And the problem is like a lot of their storylines are like, like, okay, I lost to this guy for the last 10 years. This time, maybe it's my time. You know what I mean? Like, that's a storyline. You know what I mean? It's nothing we missed somebody getting put through a barbershop window. It was just like, you know what I mean? Like uh, one of the big things I liked was watching the, it was the early Misawa Akiyama match from where was it? It was the one. Okay. The one in 96 where Akiyama's getting treated like as a, as the young guy. And then yes. when I watched the one in late 97 or whatever, yeah, the one in late 97, yeah, December 97 with Masawa again, he's totally different. Now he's on their level. Now he's like, no, 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 you're not just beating me up. Now it's been a, it's been almost two years. You know what I mean? 
And Akiyama was a was a was a savant, like legit. Like he was just good from the get. Because literally, he debuted. I, I ended up looking it up. I had to be like, okay, how much younger is he than all these other guys? I think it was Tawe and Kawada were like in eighty eighty something. I think I think Kawada was like eighty one or something crazy like that. But like they were eighties, and then Akiyama debuted in ninety two. So he was only on like four years, and then. Kobashi was like in the middle but like he wasn't that much younger but he was totally beaten down in that first match like he was the young guy and then almost two years later now he's kicking ass yeah I like that in that in that music video it was just like okay these guys were on opposing sides of this war and then they went to war a bunch and then they had a draw and they shook hands and now they're the holy demon army exactly and they and Man, like, yeah, let's get into it. Like, okay, one of my favorite things, and it was weird because it took me a little while to figure it out. Like, most of my notes were about the other team and how they played off, whereas normally if I'm watching a team, I'm more concentrating on what they're doing. But, like, the reason they were, like, what made that what made that possible was, like, they were the heels. Like, you know what I mean? It was so weird. One of my notes is, like, it's so weird watching 90s All Japan in a heel face dynamic because it's like, oh, when you just watch it at its core, it's like, oh, the Holy Demon Army are always the bad guys. Um, I don't know if – I mean, even watching it, I don't know if I felt that way. Okay. when they fa- Okay, if you watch a lot of American ones, then they were faces in those. I watched a lot of American ones. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I only saw really, like, one. I, I made sure to watch one when they were in there were Doc and Gordy. But, so- yeah. So I started with Doc and Gordy because that was the earliest one that I could really find. Yeah, and that one was weird to me because I watched it here, and that was the only time they were baby faces. They were the good yeah. guys. So I caught that, and then I caught the Masawa Kobashi next, which is from later that same year. And I was like, oh, okay, so they're kind of the bad guys here, Masawa Kobashi being the good guys. But then I went on a, another a heater of of, uh, of American guys, <laughs> and then, you know, the Hayabusa Shinsei Shinzaki match, which rules, by the way, uh, just seemed like uh, I, I didn't get the impression that they were healing that. Well, because they're facing outsiders where, you know, like, yes, they like Hayabusa and Shinzaki because they're flashy and they're good wrestlers, but they're still technically in all Japan and they're, you know, FNW guys. So from the beginning, uh, let me let me let me go back to the Doc and Gordy because that's the first one that it's May it's May of ninety three. Yep. Um. So uh, it's the it opens great and it ends great. Uh, the middle is a lot of the Americans uh, just doing moves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like right off the get, one thing you notice is that Tawe is, is much bigger and more like imposing looking, but Kawada is a hundred percent the cleaner of the team. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy watching like, it's just his aura. You know what I mean? And it's not even, I don't know. I wouldn't even say it's an aura. It's just the way he legit carries himself. You know what I mean? Tawe looks like a large Japanese baby. Yeah. And Kawada, like Tawe, I think Tawe started the match in a, a, almost every one of these. Yep, yep. Just so you could get that. Oh, the second Kawada got his hand touched. 
Yeah, because he was such a. It's weird. You'd say a Styles clash because because he's like the kicky guy, but like, and you know the the striker, I guess you'd call him. But like, I don't know. It just even that. Even then, I don't consider him like. I just thought he was a phenomenal wrestler. Like, yes, he also had stiff strikes, but like just the the Styles clash of like, oh, when he got tagged in versus whoever was on the other side. Yeah. Well, it, it, I don't. I, barely mattered who was on the other side when Kawada would get his hand touched they were like oh so then the next match I watched was Masawa Kobashi and then it, it was almost a build they started with Masawa and Tawe in there and then Kobashi gets tagged in for the first time and they're like oh and then Kawada gets tagged in for the first time and they're like oh yeah yeah it is fun <laughs> it's funny you giving the japanese crowd reactions because that it, it is different it's different than america and yeah they do weird things they're very quiet but then oh a guy got tags in the ooh, they all they all raise up man uh i love the use of uh the double submission by uh the holy demon army i think it, I, it's tough because I see a lot of cool things and I don't and I don't want to necessarily be like oh they must have invented it Maybe, you know what I mean like the whole I got one guy in my killer submission and you hold off the other partner in also in a submission that may have just been a trope of the times I don't necessarily want to be like oh my god they were so innovative like I don't know if that was necessarily on them but yeah they definitely used it great and so did the other guys you know what I mean plus we need to get to this what made these guys uh, so easy to get into their matches. Everything, once again, they had a million matches, was established. All their moves, every mannerism, the crowd knew. So anytime they went for these moves, they were the crowd was there. You know what I mean? They'd be quiet, 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 and they'd be like, ooh, a variation. Then they'd pop. Like, it made it so much easier for the crowd to get in because they knew Misawa does forearms, Tawe does choke slabs, Kawada does Inzaguri high kicks. You know what I mean? Uh, I, man, I was going to save this for later. And I also wasn't even sure if I was going to get into this, but uh, cause this is going to get way too deep, way too fast, but, <laughs> but like every person in all Japan in the nineties, it felt like they all had the same base, uh, move set, uh-huh. uh, that the crowd all knew. Like uh, everyone does a lariat, but we know a lariat's big. Everyone does like a Saito suplex or a backdrop driver, and they know that's big. But outside of that, they still all have the same set moves. But then their signature moves are what separates them. But they don't have a hundred signature moves. Outside of strikes, they all have like one or two moves. Yeah, and then they do, and then they do variations, and they do variations, and then they strike all match to wear the guy down like in uh, any kind of combat sport like mixed martial arts or boxing. I think what you're calling or what you're describing is King's Road style. Is that what they call this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the old Japan style, right? It's... It, oh, it's no, wait, what's so... the, oh, wait, no, no. Oh, crap. I may be doing sacrilege. I think King... Isn't King's Road New Japan? I don't know. I'm not... I'm not sober enough myself to uh, remember correctly. <laughs> Either way, you know what I'm saying? Like when everyone has basically the same moveset except for their signature stuff and they're mostly using strikes to wear their guy down and then the big moves they all have, they all have them. Like uh, it feels so much easier for the crowd 
to be able to understand and get into it. Am I wrong? No, no, no. Here's the thing. You're, you're A, you're 100% correct. B, here's the other thing. The fans are incredibly smart. You know what I mean? So, like, yes, the crowd, like, yes, the wrestlers give you their moveset and establish it well, but then the crowd would know it anyway. You know what I mean? Like, those crowds, especially this era, like, this is golden era. Early 90s, all Japan, like, it doesn't get much better than that. So, like, these crowds knew everything. They were, like, think about it. When Hayabusa and Shizaki come in, you said, like, they knew who they were. You know what I mean? Like, this is a very smart crowd. Yeah, it, that was one of my favorite matches because they, they did have a bit more of a move set to play with. And they played with it very fun. Whereas in the other matches, it felt like they're playing with the same stuff. But that doesn't mean that it was less fun. That means that it seemed like it took more work and it put, took more thought to make it mean something, you know? No, no, that's the thing. Um, I almost, not that I felt it, but I could see when you're watching all these matches, their style, yes, getting a little repetitive because everyone in the company wrestles that same style. So, yes, it was cool. Like, I did note that in the Hayabusa Shinzaki bash, that like, oh, look, the All Japan guys got to do some run, run, run stuff now. Oh, dude! When Shinzaki goes for the goes for the rope walk early, huh. and they shut him down, I was like, it got me excited because the crowd popped him just going for it, and I knew eventually they were gonna pay it off. And I was like, oh, let's go! Okay, uh, we we will have we have to go down this road. Um, like as you were talking about, I got goosebumps. The psychology that these guys are working with is on a completely different different level like it's insane like the build and the g-ups to like any move like you know what i mean like it was blowing my mind because i think i think oh no american style is this rule of three you know what i mean where it's like oh i try i try i hit it on the third they were doing that for every move in their arsenal and it all made sense like how many times was it oh i'm gonna go for power bomb i'm gonna go for power bomb oh he keeps countering or perfect example the the hakushi anytime he went up they shut him down both times but on the third time in the end of the match where it means more then he hits it and he doesn't even hit it he runs he handholds baba or a tawe they look alike sorry and then he jumps off and gives the shot to kawada like it was oh it was built so masterfully but like like my notes are so many spots like that of like oh tease 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 payoff or tease payoff or tease 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 like payoff. it's crazy I had to stop writing down full sequences because right. I was like, they're so cool, but I have to stop writing them because it's it's taking up so much paper. Like literally I watched that Doc and Gordy match first. I wrote, I jotted down the entire opening sequence, the entire first two minutes of the match. I jotted down because I thought it was so interesting. Yo, it's crazy. Like how they build to everything. Even like first three minutes of the match, it'll be like, oh, it's just so good. They built to so much stuff. So smart. Or like, what was one of the ones I loved was uh, they put of Kobashi's leg was Could you believe it? Uh, they put him in the, in the half crab. He starts kicking. So he just switches it right into a Texas clover leaf. I was like, oh my God, it's so good. Oh, the 93 Masawa Kobashi match. They take Kawada is eating their lunch with his kicks. So they take out his biggest weapon, which was his leg. Oh, man, it was so good. But okay. But, but yeah, no, no, no. Screw it. We're going to keep going. Like, how good? Like, uh, tell me some other things you loved because the, like, the psychology was so good. Like, building to all, like, uh, the, the match where Kobashi's leg was hurt, but the fourth moonsault was the one that won the match. 
four. Yeah, I get uh, it. I I like I like that in general uh, because it doesn't make sense in wrestling that your quote finisher is just the move that wins every time that they wouldn't ever get up from it. Mike Tyson could have the nastiest left hook ever. He's not going to put you down. He's not going to put everybody down every time he hits that left hook. So like it makes sense that Tawa hits that choke slam. It doesn't do it, but he'll pick him up and he'll choke slam him again, and it's going to do it. Yep, and I did notice a lot of the, well, because we were watching so many, but we had learned it anyway from our time wrestling, but the whole killer move, killer move, killer move, kick out, hit one more killer move, now you don't, now you're, you know what I mean, you show the fighting spirit of kicking out, kicking out, kicking out, but then they do it one more time, you just don't have it anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm by the way, I'm going to send you the link to the Dr. Death Big Boss Man match. Here's the thing. I've seen clips, and I've probably seen the match, but I couldn't find it when I was looking through. That's crazy. I just want you to know that Big Boss Man is great in 90s All Japan, and you wouldn't think that he should be. Oh, no. Have you seen? I've seen his stuff there before, so I know he's great. Yeah. He's built for it, too. That's the thing. Like, that's the other thing. Let's also talk about These are big men. Like, these are full-on heavyweights, like – Getting slammed, suplex, chopped, punch, kicked. Like I was just <laughs> okay. One of one of the weird ones I had. This is one of. This, uh, I guess this would be a Cheech thing. Uh, I was like, okay, like does the damage they're doing to their brains get outweighed by the the sheer amount of creativity that they have to use their brains to put on these five star matches? Like I was like, <laughs> what's, the, what's the pendulum on that? <laughs> I, that that is a whole, whole different conversation, I think. But you know what I mean? Like that's what I'm talking about. We're talking about heavyweight dudes doing lots of bumps, lots of slams. You know what I mean? That's how you get 30, 45 minute matches and stuff. You know what I mean? You don't do that by like you know what I mean? They're not stalling. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh. So. Uh, but uh, back to uh, Big Boss Man because I'm obsessed with it now. Uh. <laughs> uh so he has exactly what you need to be a 90s All Japan wrestler. He has a good signature strike and a believable sell. And that's what you need to be a good 90s All Japan wrestler. And he rules at it. He had that uppercut punch that was so believable and the crowd popped for every time. Oh, yeah. Now, Man. okay, if we're talking about selling, we can't not talk about Kawada. Oh, I know, dude. He's like... Uh, if there's one person who is real good at that now, it's Eddie Kingston. He's got that Kawada sell down so well. Well, I've legit been talking to him about it for 15 years. Yeah, we're huge fans. But yeah, we always and uh, he'll even he'll even give me a he knows that I know. So every now and then he'll just look at me and be like Kawada sell. I was like, oh, I know, I know. Uh, yeah, his. Uh, but so. And what makes it work for Eddie and what makes it what made it work for Kawada for so long is that Kawada is like that ambiance of Kawada, that aura of Kawada, like we were kind of alluding to earlier, that is so believable. So when he kind of shrugs something off or like, you know, almost like he's gritting it through his teeth, like he's one of few who can pull it off, you know? Yeah, or I even like it when he doesn't, when he attempts to grit through his teeth, but can't. Yeah, I don't want to go all the way to the end already, or all the way to the last match already, but that opening to the Kenta and Akiyama match in 09. Right. 
right? Because and that's the thing. That's what I liked about Kawada is that he evolved. You know what I mean? Like he, the one. Okay, this goes for all the matches. Like the hierarchy is so well established. You know what I mean? Like he's the guy. Kenta's the guy coming up. He's older, so he will actually buckle. But I guarantee if that matchup happened 10 years earlier, that ain't going to happen. You know what I mean? Right, for sure. That I, <laughs> Literally, right when I, the match started uh, and I'm watching the, the Kenta and Kawada open. By the way, the only match I think I saw Kawada start the match in was that one. Well, cause uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure Kenta was like, "Oh no, right off the rip!" Like I knew, like he, like he probably couldn't wait. He, he's like, "No, I physically wouldn't be able to stand on the apron and wait to fight you. I need to start fighting you right away." Well, that's how he does it. Yeah, he 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 says to Tawe, like, "No, no, no, me this time." And it was like, "Oh shit, it's on." But I just I wrote down for people watching it in '09 who know like the history or at least you know most of the history that must have felt like a fucking fever dream. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because it had been years. Kawada didn't go to Noah. You know what I mean? Oh, one of my notes was I was like, you know, there was the, you know, Kenta Kawada open, blah, blah, blah. And then I go, then Kawada and Akiyama get reacquainted. Yeah. They were Akiyama. like, oh, years. let's beat each other up. So we had the Masawa Kobashi, which was like, and that was the Kawada Tawe Masawa Kobashi. That's like the matchup. Yes. But once you uh, swap in Akiyama for either role with either partner, it works just as well. Akiyama may have been the better uh, opponent for the Holy Demon Army. I think so as well because of the fact that, once again, like the hierarchy is so well established. They had more to play with with him because he was lower on the pecking order, but still high. You know what I mean? Like like the matches, uh, like the one I saw, like Kakihara and Takiyama, it was like, okay, we can we can kill either one of these guys. They're not, you know, like on our level per se. But with Akiyama, you were like, okay, yeah, he's the younger guy. He's a little more dynamic, and he's on our level. So it's okay for us to, you know, sell for him or go in along exchanges with him. So, yeah, I do think he was probably a better foil because then you had someone you had someone slightly weaker on the team that you could do more with, as opposed to when it's Masao and Kobash, you're like, okay, we're all on the same level. You know what I mean? It gets a little uh, maybe egos getting in the way a little. Uh, yeah, I mean – Probably, and the, and you just have those four guys. Like, uh, it's surprising that any of those matches went under an hour. You know? Yeah, which is which. It was so great. Um, I will have to explain this. I watched some at the early on when I was watching the matches. I was like, I was trying to pay attention because there's so much in out. I go, it's like the most competitive Rochester chain I've ever seen. <laughs> Which for you fans, when we would train at the school, um, we would call it Rochester chaining, where basically we'd just get four guys in a corner. Or if there, a lot of times it ended up being kind of like this an impromptu tag match. There were four guys, you'd be like, okay, you two together, you two together. And you would just wrestle and keep going and going and going and just, you know, just wrestling. It wasn't like, oh, spot, spot, spot. So he was like, no, no, you're just trying to see what you could do. And I almost feel like that's what these guys were doing. But. Because once again, they were so established and the hierarchy was so great in any, in any predicament, it's like, oh, no, wait, he's less than me. So no, no, I'm going to punch my way out. Or if you were the other guy, you're like, oh, I can't really get up on Masawa. Oh, let me do something. And he gets that. You know what I mean? Like it, it felt so natural and flowing. 
Yeah, and and like, uh, but they could break the flow and still keep with the the spirit of the match, you know. Oh yeah, that was the thing. It's 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 flowing in its highest form. Yeah, you know, I, no. Uh, it's, wait, do I want to compare our crappy uh, matches in training to this? But I'm just saying, you know, what I mean, as far as the flow goes, it was like, oh, okay, it just seemed like it was four guys going out there and just wrestling. Yeah, because there were times where, like, say. Taue would kind of be getting his his shit beat in for a little bit and he would finally you know hit a, a strike and tag out to Kawada who would get in and just like let the guy get to his feet and size him up and be like all right let's go you know yeah it was crazy because you know I mean I uh, we've watched so many like American I kind of want to I almost feel like okay when's the big heat coming when's the part where they just beat up on one guy forever and it's like no they beat up everyone got beat up for like five ten minutes maybe some matches yes guys would take longer ones like when they're beating up on Kobashi's busted leg or something you know what I mean but for the most part it was just a lot of everybody's gonna get beat up for a little bit Everyone's got yeah oh yeah every especially in those long long ones. Once again, I did not do the hour long any of the hour long ones. I tried to keep them you know forty minutes and under, and I I in fact tried to pick ones that I could you know get in in uh, in closer to twenty twenty five so I could get in as many matches as possible. Um, but while looking at their cage match, there are some matches that are probably lost in the annals of time. That I was like, oh God, I wish. I know that's the problem. They wrestled. That's the thing. Like they wrestled for a long time and a lot of matches, but they were on you know tours, on house shows, things like that. Listen to this. Listen to this match real quick. It is Kawada, Tawe, and Ogawa against Stan Hansen and the Heavenly Bodies. <laughs> <laughs> there's one there's a there's a rick rude six man in there with them there's a couple oh I, yeah yeah on a deep dive of rick I, rude all japan i found a 30 second clip of uh kawada and Tawe against the headhunters yeah yeah that's uh that's <laughs> you get that at the high spots dvd <laughs> oh 30 seconds i was like oh man i need all that yeah, no, they definitely, that's the thing. Well, like we said, once again, they wrestled a lot and for a long time. So they definitely mixed it up. Like, yes, they wrestled the same guys a lot, but occasionally you'd get the headhunters would come in for a tour. Hayabusa and Shinzaki would come in for a tour. Or uh, you get uh, Takayama comes in for a little bit. Now, okay, did you watch any of the Takayama matches? I didn't. I, I meant to, uh, but I, I started, I was like, I have to get a Kobashi, a Kobashi Akiyama, I have to get a Masawa Akiyama, and I have to get Kenta Akiyama. I, got, I had to get my Akiyama fix, and I had to get that last one in, too, so I didn't have time for the Takiyama. Okay, we can talk about Akiyama, but first, I wish you would have seen the Takiyama, because I'm watching all this, and here's the thing. There are two different Takiyamas. There's Takiyama before the fight with Don Fry, and there's Takiyama after the fight with Don Fry. Takiyama <laughs> before the fight with Don Fry was, like, he was just awkward as fuck, uh, green, clunky, and just threw a bunch of, like, knees and kicks. Like, he wasn't very good. It was, it was, he had the fight of all fights and then became, you know, a huge name off that. And then his, his awkwardness just became accepted. And then he just became just straight up shooter for a while there. But I'm saying his early professional wrestling stuff was yikes, bro. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. And I was like, oh, I wonder if Colin will see it. And I, and I just want the world to know that, yes, 
he definitely had some awkward phase for a long time. And then if we want to talk about Akiyama, or as I was dubbing him, the first Sexyama, because, whoo, let me see, what match was it? What match was it? Oh, it was the one in 97. I was like, poor Masawa isn't sexy at all. But Akiyama had his hair flowing, and oh, did it look good. I felt bad that I was like, oh, I know, eventually he goes bald. It's so sad. But yeah, so basically the point is that before he got his face punched in, he was very awkward, but after he got his face punched in, he became a superstar, and then he became the Takayama we all love. He became, so uh, I didn't know this. I've seen the Takayama Don Fry thing a bunch of times, but it makes sense. You're saying that he became like a thing only after he got his face punched in by Don Fry? Yes, like, okay, here's the thing. He was like a UWF guy, and then he was getting into pro wrestling, but he was real awkward. Like, like wrestling, it just wasn't natural for him. He was almost too much of a shooter. And then once he had that insane match with Don Fry, it was like he was a superstar in Japan. You know what I mean? Because think about it, they're all about fighting spirit. No one ever showed more fighting spirit than that. You know what I mean? I really wanted to get to Takiyama. I mean, most of what I know about Takayama is that he got his face smashed in by Don Fry. I've seen a couple matches of him, but I, I you know. Yeah, his stuff's All- better in the 2000s and on. Like, pre- before that, not so much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I didn't really. So, uh, you said you looked up, like, the age on, like, the 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 Kawada, the Tawe, and the Akiyama? Well, yeah, because that's the thing. Like, it's technically the four pillars are Misawa, Kobashi, uh, Tawe, and Kawada. Akiyama came came later, but he was just like a rookie phenomenon, so he kind of caught up to them real quick. So I didn't look up Akiyama, but I did look up Kawada and Tawe. So Kawada started in like 82. Tawe started in like 88. Yeah. But Tawe was older than Kawada. <laughs> Yeah, I think Tawe might have been doing like sumo or something beforehand, or he was, he had maybe, yeah, he had probably doing some like legit sport pre this. And then his his rise was a little weird because I'm trying to think, I don't know if he was a straight Baba disciple or he was like, he was, he was in the line of like uh, giant Baba, jumbo Saruta, kind of like just, you know, stoic, like not super flashy, charismatic guy, but just like solid guy, you know what I mean? So it was fun when he gets in there with, you know, the biggest wild card of the group is Kawada. So them together made a, a quite a dichotomy, like a, a holy demon army. <laughs> and if we can get back to the wrestling of Kawada and Tawe, more specifically Tawe, Tawe loved him a snake, guys. Okay, here's the funny part. Like, in my head, I was like, what qualities would I want from all of the four pillars? I was like, I want, this is going to sound weird, I want Tawe's innovation. Other than their uh, big finishing maneuver, the the backdrop driver with the choke slam. Yeah. The snake eyes onto Kawada's knee is excellent. But I love that he had the snake eyes in the corner. He had the snake eyes on the ropes. Like, um, it's funny because you look at him, you don't think he's very flashy. But I think he had, like, the most variations because he was, like, the chokeslam guy. So any move where he could get his arm on – his hand around your neck, it was like, oh, it's a chokeslam variation. You know what I mean? Like, he picked up for a suplex and on the way down. He just grabs your neck and he's like, oh, it's a crazy new chokeslam. My my butthole is still puckered from watching Akiyama take that chokeslam off the apron to the floor. 
Oh, bro. It, here's the thing. As I'm watching these matches, I'm waiting for it. I was like, uh, like they. Uh, it was funny because it went in a real good order that they would tease stuff on the apron. But then eventually, it wasn't until I got like deep in. Finally, the the first big. I was. I think it was. I think it was the choke slam that I remember was the choke slam to Masawa to the to off the apron of the floor, and I was just like, yes, finally, crazy. <laughs> like you know, what I mean, I feel like they saved that more for the singles matches. But like it, in my head, it just built up. I was like, when's it gonna happen? When's it gonna happen? And then finally, it happened, and I was like, yes. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna tell everybody here listening. The last move I want to take in, in a wrestling ring is a choke slam, let alone from the apron to the floor. Craziness, right? My butthole is still puckered up just thinking about it. And something I forgot to add earlier, we were talking about the Kenta match. Uh, if you didn't love Tawe enough, did you notice the Ricky Morton role to tag uh, Kawada in? Oh, yeah, of course I did. Oh, brother, I popped so huge. I was like, oh, when you couldn't love Tawe anymore, he does the front roll to tag. Oh, it was glorious. I didn't even think to look at it. How, how, how tall is Tawe? He's got to be at least probably 6'5"-ish. Yeah, six, that's what four. I was going to say. He, he's probably, I, I would say he's probably over that. He's probably like the 6'6"-ish. The, the six, yeah, um, I didn't want to go that high. I thought it, but I was like, eh, let me go a little lower. I'm looking it up afterwards. But yeah, I, I always just assumed he was tall. Once again, Forever from the beginning, big Japanese baby man. Yeah, exactly. That's what you kind of think, and he's kind of mild mannered. But then he does crazy stuff like, uh, like have you ever seen him? I don't know if he did any dives in in these matches, but have you ever seen his tope? It's great. It's hilarious. It looks like a big flying blimp. No, I need it though. Uh, we're gonna go long, and I know we are, and I don't care. Uh, the one thing that I did want to ask you, uh, because I like we were discussing earlier, I think this style of wrestling makes a lot of sense, right? A, a thousand percent. Uh, but do uh, grouchy, old-school wrestling people share that viewpoint? I would think so. Like, do you think, like, the 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 Jim Cornettes of the world and the uh, the people who think that, like, I don't know that like Ric Flair, uh, Barry Windham was like the peak of wrestling. Do you think they appreciate nineties all Japan? I do. I do. I don't think they necessarily probably, well, it depends if you're Cornette and you're trying to be like, uh, looking out for the guys like, okay, you might not like all the head drops, but I'm saying if, if you're just a fan, I think they would like it. Cause what's their big thing that they was like, Oh, more realism. These are the realest looking matches you'll ever see. You know what I mean? They don't look like choreographed spot fests. You know what I mean? Even though I contend these are still called these matches. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. Cause there's, there's some things that go on. I thought the same thing. I literally was like, cause there's a point where you can watch them and you can, you, you think you, you suspend disbelief that they're just doing it. Maybe walking and talking. Maybe they just know each other so well, but some things happen. And you're like, no way they did that on the flight. No way. Yeah, no. And the few things I've heard from people like Scorpio and stuff, they're like, oh no, they're, it's all planned. <laughs> Man, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested as to what uh, those old that old school wrestling crowd 
that uh, thinks wrestling should have stopped at 91. I'm curious what they think of 90s All Japan. And I'm, I'm probably going to dig deeper into this and start and poking the bear on, on Twitter or something. It's probably funny because in my head, part of me wants to think like, oh, they'd love it because, oh, it looks so real. But then part of me thinks like they might have that super old school mentality of, oh, brother, they're working too hard. It's like, well, which one is it? Do you want it to look great in like a fight or are they working too hard? Exactly. That's the, see, and that's where I was with it. That's where I am on the whole thing. I'm like, I could see it going both ways, but if they don't like it, then I think it nullifies their a lot of their argument about new wrestling and what they love about old wrestling. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It'd be funny to see what they think and be like, but wait, isn't that what you kind of bitch about or and or praise? It it kind of is uh, a a bit of a perfect blend of what these old school people like and what these new school people like. Well, yeah, and then I just think on like the sheer athleticism and punishment of it all. You kind of have you can't not watch these matches and be like, I don't know, man. That's a you know what I mean. Like, yes, they're five stars, so of course, th- like <laughs> it goes without saying that anybody would watch this match and be like, that's an amazing match. But it's like, it, even if it wasn't five stars, even if it was so so, it's like still you could just tell the effort, the athleticism, the beatings they take. You like you know what I mean? It's more visceral. It's more like you watch these matches and you kind of feel it. You know what I mean? I would. I regularly got up on my feet watching these. Oh, it was so good. But like, I would get okay. W- what were you loving the most? Part of me was like, yeah, I like the cool moves, but like the nuance, I guess, because you know we're studying it for the for for this the podcast. But I like in my head, like all the little psychology beats. I was like, ooh, baby. Yeah, like uh, Tawei goes for the choke slam. He gets fought out of it. Dude hits the ropes. Tawe kicks him, goes for chokeslam. Partner comes in, hits him. Guy goes for his move. Tawe gets out, hits chokeslam. And then I stand on my feet. Yeah, man. And like, I don't know. It's just so weird because you think, because people want to make American or American and Japanese style seem very different. But like part of me, when you when you take away the super physicality of it all, you're like, oh no, they are just, it's like wrestling's wrestling. You know what I mean? They're like, this may be almost the most universal style of wrestling because it's not super duper flashy. Like it gets there, but for the most part, it's just hard nosed wrestling. You know what I mean? And I don't feel like that's, I don't feel like that's so dissimilar from American wrestling per se. That's what I'm saying. I think it's the crossroads. Well, and I guess that makes sense because Baba had toured america jumbo toured america you know what i mean like they were well versed in the american style when they were on top in japan you know what i mean yeah it got me it it definitely got me thinking about current style and about old style and and about just you know and this style and and where it fits all right, now a question I had for you, because it's weird. We like when we do these, we watch so many matches. Maybe because this was less matches or something. Did you have like? Did you have a favorite? Uh, yes. Okay, which one? <sighs> okay, so at, at first I want to say uh, the Hayabusa Jinzei Shinzaki. Okay, it's probably actually Masawa Akiyama from '96. Ooh, the 96 one here. Wait, let me see what that one was. The finish, the finish, the whole finishing couple minutes are bonkers. Okay, see, I ended up getting torn between, I was torn between the Masawa Akiyama, the one in 97, their last five-star for the Holy Demon Army. Okay, between, I, didn't, 
I didn't and, catch that and, one. Oh, okay. I get torn between that and the 95, the Kobashi Misawa one. Because for some reason, I don't know, as I was watching it, like, I was like, okay, yes, it's five stars. But I, I don't know, part of me almost wanted to rush it. Like, as I'm watching, I don't know if maybe it was the last one I watched of the day or something. Part of me was kind of just like, eh, but boy, did they just slowly just reel me in. And like, and that was the one where I saw like I, that was the one where I saw the first big uh, uh, apron to floor spot. And then I think it was also because uh, the Holy Demon Army won, and it was Kawada beating Masawa. He hits the third Kawada bomb, and then it's one, two, three, and he does like the super stack. And I was like, ooh, I think that might be the one. But I could go back and forth. But I think that one just goes, and maybe it's because I'm a little biased. I was oh, I, uh, one of my first notes was I was like. Yes, Masao is the golden boy. Yes, it's a brilliant choice to make the golden boy. But you know me. I never like golden boys. Well, I think that the the Jinzei Shinzaki Hayabusa one sticks out so much to me because they they do it all and they get it in. It's like 20 minutes or less. Yeah. Yeah, that one's fun because it's – it's, it's... <sighs> It's weird. I was going to say it covers more ground. And I guess, yeah, it does stylistically because you have Hayabusa and Shinzaki, even though it's 20 minutes and not 40 minutes. It was a fun, it was fun. It was, it was like easy to pull in. It, I got every piece of it, you know, like it didn't feel like there was ever a moment in there that I, that was wasted. You know, I don't know. It, it, it sticks out to me for sure because of it's like uh, almost more uh, it's like, it's 18 minutes, a current 18 minute match. Like, that's crazy. That's a long match. But back then, that's a short match. But it, it gets everything it needs to get in in the 18 minutes. And it's 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 a fun watch. But then the Masao Akiyama from 96 is bananas on the back end. Yeah. Okay, that was the thing. Like, in my head, I just was wondering. I was like, ooh. Because I didn't even think I would be able to keep all of it in my head and be like, oh, no, no. This, you know what I mean? Like, I always find it weird when, like, certain fans like i don't you know what i mean in my head I, I wasn't one of those guys of like oh no no masawa and kawada six fourteen ninety four that one like you know what i mean i can't you know what i mean i don't remember them like that i do remember like oh i like the one where uh kawada keeps trying to german kobashi but he keeps crawling away like i remember that one and that's one of the big five star ones but i can't be like oh that was the one of that was that was six three ninety four you know what i mean and well, when we're doing this exercise, I kind of always pick a favorite. <laughs> I don't tell you about it, but I always pick one. I do too, but like in my head, this was like the first one where I kind of was, where it was like, it, I had multiple choices. You know what I mean? Where like different ones spoke to me and I was like, wow, this is kind of new. And I wouldn't have thought that with such long, dense matches that I'd be like, they would be distinct to me. Right. No, I, I totally get what you're saying because, and yeah, once again, like we were saying, you can see how this style can all blend together and all these matches could blend together because they're, uh, once again, their, their move arsenal is not the largest. Um, but it's crazy how they all seem to have their own identity uh, and, and all have their own merits instead of just being, oh, these are all great because they smash them up. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they do, they, which is a sign of greatness because that's what's coming up next is that they can have the have wrestled the same team a million times and have them be distinct and like you know what i mean like think about that like oh we were trying to do something a little different yeah we still got five stars but you know that was the metro we went a little different you know what i mean yeah so so what would you say is what made the holy demon army great 
they were the table setters. You know what I mean? They were the only, like, because it was weird. Like I said earlier, it was weird for me to watch it in a heel face mentality, but I was like, oh, these matches are all good because they have a great heel base. And that was the Holy Demon Army. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't have to get cheered. They rarely did. They would always pop when they were taking moves and stuff. You know what I mean? So it must have been a little weird for them. But, like, they weren't, you know what I mean? They weren't afraid to take the heat. You know what I mean? They were like, oh, someone's going to be the bad guys. We're going to be the bad guys. Yeah. I thought it was interesting because they, uh, what I I thought made them great was they had, uh, they had uh, uh, a dichotomy that I don't think I've ever seen in a tag team. Their, their, the makeup of the team was an original thing all of its own with a big dude and then the ass kicker. Like, when is there a team? When have you ever – can you come up with another team that is a, a, a big dude, a big choke slam guy, like a big, big boot choke slam guy, and then an ass kicker? Yeah, no, I never really thought about that. Because, yeah, you did mention earlier that, yeah, well, you know, let's say I never thought of Kawada as small. But, yeah, I guess technically he is the smaller member of the team. <laughs> he's the smaller member of the team, but he's also – he's just like – he's a, 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 a beat-em-up, ass-kicker, intimidator. But you wouldn't think that when looking at the two because Tawe is a, a giant. Yeah, it's true. I, th- I feel like it kind of evened out because Kawada just had a huge chest and – and uh and now it didn't so i was like all right they're kind of even out there but yeah no no technically yeah kawada was a smaller member of the team yeah so it, like I, I i don't even know what you can compare it to you know like I, I don't know like if there was a kane and uh bradshaw team you know you're like you got the the big dude and the other dude's also big but the other dude's like an ass kicker but the bigger dude is just like the bigger dude yeah, and it, and it made for great matches because you had the choke slam wrestle wrestle guy and the okay this guy's gonna probably put his foot to your lip. Yeah, the the intimidator, the 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 cleaner, the beater up, the the closer. You know, he's gonna bend you over and just start kicking you in the forehead. Oh, uh, dude, when Kenta started doing that to him, I was like, <laughs> we all know how this is gonna turn out for you, man. Oh, Kenta, when he was young, I was like, what an asshole he was. But it made for great matches. It Like, he was not scared of anyone. I was like, yo, how are you not scared of Kawada? He was like, if I'm going to get knocked out, I'm going to get knocked out running at him 100 miles an hour. Like, that was crazy. And he did. Uh, so, and this is probably an impossible question. How would we defeat the Holy Demon Army? Thumb wrestling. <laughs> No way, Tawei's got giant thumbs. Both of our thumbs, two-on-one handicap thumb match. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I was thinking that myself. I was like, I was like, how would we wrestle them um, as carefully as possible? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 A, you're right, carefully as possible. Uh, I think uh, we would have to – so as a, as a rule of thumb from watching these – don't make Kawada mad. Never. Uh, like, we would have to lull him into. Th- we would have to like lure him in to to things. Uh, is an- is another one of those weird ones where it's like, oh, we have to go after the bigger member of the team. <laughs> well, we would. We'd have to. We'd have to beat up Tawe and then beg off from Kawada and try to get advantage by begging off of Kawada. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just. Uh, 
I don't have a good answer for you. Or we could just be like Masao and counter everything and hope we could counter everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> choke, you try to choke slam me, I'm going to arm drag you. You try and power bomb me, I'm going to run you. You know what I mean? As we know, I can take an exorbitant amount of punishment. Uh, so uh, I-, I would just try to outlast as much Kawada punishment as possible and hope that you can do the other end of this match. <laughs> yeah, it's tough because in my head, I'm like, okay, what, what were their finishes? Were they susceptible to roll-ups? No. <laughs> were they, uh, did they get counted out a lot? No. Was there manager interference we could use? No. <laughs> I think we would just have to go and literally put it all on the line because that's what it would take. I don't know how we would win, but it would be um, taking every inch of our body. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. Because, like, we can't double-team them to death. I don't even know what double-team we'd be able to achieve on either of them. Maybe they're really susceptible to stunners. They've never taken one. Or, well, I don't know. (laughs) One of my notes was, Johnny Ace tries hard. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, they've taken Ace Crusher, so I don't know. Maybe, Maybe they could survive Ace Crushers, but they're real susceptible to stunners, and then you're golden. Well, let's hope so. Well, unfortunately, we'll never have to find out. Aw, shucks. That's right, Kawada. You better be scared. Yeah, yeah, you stay at your restaurant. Because so help me God, if you came into that ring, I would leave. <laughs> you, you lucky. You lucky. Because I got a bunch of stunners, and we don't know if you can take them or not. But we're going to hope that you could and that they would hurt you bunches because then we'd beat you, and that would suck for you. Exactly. If you ate Kenta for lunch, uh, he ate Colin for lunch, and uh, he would eat me for an appetizer. So, I don't think we have to worry about trying to fight them, though. But let me tell you what was great. Watching them wrestle. Yeah, man. That's it, man. That's the Holy Demon Army. What a, what an, uh, that was fun. I had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, it was one of those things, like, you know what I mean, when we're going through the list, I was like, they're, t- they're an all-time team, and we got to do it one of these days, and it felt great to do it now. Uh, before you suggested that, my suggestion was going to be Doc and Gordy. Oh, perfect. So I was like, oh, this is, I'll literally be able to watch Doc and Gordy uh, in this exercise, and then we can save them for another time. Exactly. So, so that worked out good. We were kind of in the same mindset anyway. Yeah, 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 for sure. After after the New Age Outlaws, I figured we had to go uh, somewhere out in the left field. Something about it, we just both wanted to see head drops. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Let me tell you, I think I have a grade two concussion just from watching some of those matches. Ooh, the backdrop drivers were silly. Nasty. Woof. All right, that's it. We did it. That's another one down. Another one in the books. Next week is uh, next week's Christmas. Yeah, I know. We'll have to think of something. Yeah, we'll 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 come up with something. Maybe we'll have some kind of special, uh, special, 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 something special. It's probably going to be just an episode, but we'll we'll discuss doing something special. Yeah, we'll make it special somehow. We'll make it Christmassy. All right, guys. Well, until then, we will see you. On what, Christmas Eve it'll come out? I guess so, yeah. Christmas Eve. Until then, we will see you guys. Adios.